Alicia, a 13-year-old teenager, arranged to meet up with a friend she had met online. But it was a trap. An in-person hello ended up in a desperate kidnapping. Alicia was chained by the neck until her rescue by the FBI. Although her days in captivity were brief, she suffered severe psychological trauma. This is the story of Alicia Kozakiewicz. Alicia Kozakiewicz was born on March 23, 1988, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, United States. Her parents were Mary and Charles Kozakiewicz. Alicia spent her entire childhood in Pittsburgh. She lived in a house on top of a mountain with her close-knit family. Every Sunday, their extended family would gather at the house to spend some pleasant leisure time. Alicia used to go skating and to the mall with her friends. During their early teen years, they often went to internet cafes after school and logged into chat rooms. Everyone spent a lot of time online. In July 2000, at age 12, Alicia met a boy online. He claimed to be the same age as her and she believed him. Their conversations were juvenile and full of slang. They talked almost every day after school. He showered praise on her, said she was beautiful, special, that she deserved to be very happy and that she should have everything she wanted. He promised that he would make it happen. As their virtual friendship grew, Alicia began to distance herself from her friends, both in school and in her neighbourhood. Alicia was falling in love and without realising it was being led into one of the most dangerous traps on the internet. That same year, her parents bought a computer for the house. Now they could talk every day and at all hours. But you might ask, did her parents not supervise her online activities? At home, Alicia had limited hours and time for using the computer. Unfortunately, they talked during the night while her parents slept. Alicia thought about meeting the boy in person. She thought about how this meeting would be special for her. January 1st, 2002 was the day they arranged to meet. After the New Year family dinner, Alicia spoke with her parents saying she wasn't feeling well and was going to go to bed. However, instead of going to her bedroom, she headed towards the front door of the house. Alicia remembered later that she had walked quietly past the Christmas tree in order to avoid making any noise that would attract her parents' attention. She left the house. Deep down, she knew what she was doing was wrong, but her great mistake was not telling her parents about the date. She thought she was fine. She felt good about their date. She left the front door slightly open as she intended to return soon. She was just going to say hi to her friend, talk a little, then come back. Having walked about a block, Alicia suddenly felt that something was very wrong. She was nervous and afraid. She turned to head back to the house, but then a voice called her name. The voice came from a car parked close by. She approached and saw inside there was a huge man with a moustache and long hair. He looked over 30 years old. Alicia does not remember what happened next because suddenly she found herself inside the car travelling at high speed away from her town. 
The 13-year-old teenager realised she had been kidnapped. Looking out the car window, she saw road signs she was familiar with, but gradually the landscape changed and she no longer knew where she was. The farther the car got from her house, the less hope she had of being rescued. Alicia wouldn't stop crying and the fear she felt at that moment was inexplicable. Meanwhile, her parents noticed her absence and looked for her everywhere in both the house and the local area. They could not find her anywhere. When they discovered that the door of the house was open, they became concerned and called the police. The kidnap journey took about five hours from Pennsylvania to the kidnapper's home in Virginia. Upon arriving, the man pulled her out of the car and carried her into his house. There was a room closed off by a door and a padlock, which he unlocked with a key and pushed her inside. It was a kind of human cage, with an old bed and various instruments of torture scattered about. The man put a padlock and chain around Alicia's neck. That night, the teenager suffered the most vicious physical and psychological abuse. I'm not just talking about sexual abuse. He pulled her hair until it came out at the roots. In the following days, her kidnapper oscillated between affection and anger. He took care of her, picked her up, sang to her, then threw her on the ground and kicked her. Alicia had no idea how long she would last there. Her parents were desperate. They had had no word from their daughter for almost 48 hours. The police worked on the case for almost 24 hours a day, and in addition to the local police, the FBI was drafted in. Even after interrogating her friends and checking her computer history, they could find no clues. The kidnapper filmed the abusive acts he inflicted on the girl, then saved them onto floppy disks to share online. It was this carelessness that led to his arrest. An anonymous person contacted the police and sent images from the video clips recently published via a newly created email account. The FBI viewed the images and discussed them with Alicia's parents. On the morning of her fourth day of the abduction, Alicia received her first meal. The kidnapper brought her a sandwich and they ate breakfast together. He told her she was a very pretty girl and that he really liked her. He suggested that when he returned home from work later that day, they would take a walk. Alicia knew that when she left that room for a walk, she would never return. This was the day that she needed to escape before he returned but she was chained by the neck and locked inside a padlocked cage she didn't have much hope she cried intensely until she fell asleep a few hours later she was awakened by men entering the house she imagined that they were people who along with her kidnapper were there to kill her as a defence mechanism, even when trapped, she threw herself under the bed and covered her mouth with her hands to keep from screaming. 
A few minutes later, the door to the room was forced open. As soon as the door was knocked down, Alicia saw a miracle. They were the FBI. With a cry of relief, she crawled out from under the bed. To this day, she remembers the icy chains that had bound her being taken off. She was carried out in the arms of a police officer. The FBI had located her via the IP address of the kidnapper's computer. But who was this man? He was 38 years old, Scott Tyree, twice divorced with a 12-year-old daughter whom he shared custody of and who had just stayed with him for the holiday season. Scott had left his daughter with his ex-wife several hours before he kidnapped Alicia. His trial didn't take long to happen. Scott Tyree was sentenced to 19 years and seven months in prison. In interviews, Alicia says that she has horrible nightmares after everything that happened. She developed post-traumatic stress disorder and has significant memory loss. Many of the things that happened in her life before being kidnapped, she can no longer recall. It seems that for Alicia, the trauma has wiped away many of her memories. Unfortunately, a portion of the public blamed Alicia. Even though she was no longer captive, she was trapped in a world where, as a victim, she was being judged. Alicia and her family understood that many people did not understand that online predators could target young people via the internet. Over the years, to raise awareness, she began visiting schools and giving talks about the dangers of the internet. When she reached the age of majority, she founded the Alicia Project, an advocacy group to raise awareness about online predators, kidnapping and child exploitation. I'll leave the link to the project's official website in the description of this episode, as well as Alicia's Instagram profile so that you can follow and promote this important project. In February 2019, with two years to go before his sentence was up, Scott was granted parole. He was transferred to a recovery centre in Pittsburgh so that he could receive re-socialisation training. While he was at this centre, he accessed several adult sites with prohibited content, and because of that, his parole was revoked, and he was sentenced to two more years of detention. Alicia is now married, and is a well-known personality mainly for her work as a motivational speaker and an advocate of internet safety. Hey! Você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 